this one's making the cut. This one's making the cut. I hope not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! It's making the cut. I am not ready for this. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to get like an insurance policy just on his microphone. He's gonna break it. One of these days. I have. If he breaks it, I'll give you the fifty bucks. I have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so welcome, Mountaineer King to Do Talk, real man, manly talks. We are here today. There's an S on it now. Yeah, I didn't know there Apparently. was an S. Multiple there's, there's, talks. We're, there's not. There's no S. Yeah. So we're gonna interview Josh today. Yes, yeah, be interesting. You have to apologize. I'm going to look at the camera. Um, there you go. I'm, I'm on you right now, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. Not so good at the intro stuff. That's Josh. He's real good. But we're going to talk about him, find out real good, real good questions and answers. Real good, good. <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So anyway, Josh. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good, buddy. Good for you, man. Yeah, it was quick, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. See what it's like when people don't Well, reply. thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> if no, you'd like to learn day. more about us. Very, <laughs> very, very blessed, as always. That's good. It's beautiful, man. Yesterday was awesome. It's got the fake spring. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's time. Fake spring. Yes. It is. Have you not seen yes. the breakdown of the fall spring and then the yeah. end of winter? And then, yeah. They're calling for like three to six inches of snow on Tuesday. Get some. No, I'm done with it. No, I love it. Uh, feet. I want feet of snow. Yeah, we had feet of snow in January. I see. He lives in Peak County, man. Up there on the hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we man. We had up to like just about two feet of snow when that last storm rolled through. And uh, I'm I done. I'm done for the year. Like, I'm ready for. I'm ready to go hiking. Ready for spring. Go in the snow. Yeah, I, I probably will be. At some point, I guess you get snow. Office. Every time I hear about that much snow, it reminds me of being a kid and all the fun things that me and my three brothers did. You, you would you would think, but like my kids won't go out in it unless it's like five below zero. Take them and out. Then, then they're all ticked off because it's like, no, you're not going out because it's five below zero and you don't have gear, you lose <laughs> fingers and toes. <laughs> and we live in Bee County. Like, come on, children. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you gave us a good segue there, man. You talked about your, uh, you your brothers. That, yeah. uh, you did that intentionally. Saved Get it. us back on track. So, where were you born, Josh? I was born in Man, West Virginia. That can't be real. It's a real place. No. And there's many of them. I remember when I ordered... There's many mans? Sh- I ordered something, and I had to call customer service because it wasn't coming through. And they're like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, this is easy. Man, West Virginia. They're like, just three letters? I'm like, yep. And when they looked it up, it was, I think there were seven or eight that little towns called Man across the country. In West Virginia? Not just West Virginia. Oh. I, my favorite's hur- Hurricane. 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 Yeah, it's Hurricane. Not Hurricane. There's War. There's Van. Nitro. Lake. Yeah, there's all kinds of yeah, I wonder how all those Le- came up. At least our, our, the names of our towns aren't nearly <clears throat> as sexually explicit as what Pennsylvania has. Oh, yeah. Intercourse. It, yeah, yeah, there's some weird ones. <laughs> it's PA. So you started talking about it a little bit there. You're in Man, West Virginia, which is where? So it's about 45 minutes as the crow flies south of Charleston. Oh, so way to crap down there. Way down there. It's almost. <laughs> so it's in Logan County, and it's almost on the Kentucky-West Virginia border. Oh, man. That's like Hatfield McCoy. Bing, ding, yeah. ding, ding, yep. ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's down there. There's a lot of Hatfield McCoy history. There's the Hatfield McCoy trails that started out as old coal mine roads, and um, the locals turned those into a huge four wheeler path. 
I mean, it's, it's massive. That's taking over. Uh, outdoor recreation with respect to wheeled vehicles is uh, yeah. is taking off. It's a big deal down there. Yeah, it's awesome. It probably saved a lot of a lot of jobs yeah. just with all of the tourism that comes through. Well, those trails like go all the way from Kentucky to yeah, almost to Virginia, like on the eastern side of West Virginia. And yeah. there's there's like these little uh, convenience stores you can stop at. That the only way you access them is on the trail. Yeah, there's a guy. Um, I'm going to butcher the location, but <clears throat> excuse me. Woman. He has a no. It's a guy. He no, has no, a woman, shop out in the middle of one of these trails. And you would think out here, miles and miles away from civilization, how's this going to thrive? But there's so many people that ride those trails with ATVs and, and such that he's booming. He has parts. He has whatever you need gear to get you going again. He's rocking. So what was it like growing up in the middle of nowhere? At the time, you don't realize it's the middle of nowhere. I've always kind of had safety within the mountains of West Virginia. It's like your walls, right? It's And down there, it's it's safety. And until you venture out, you really don't know anything different. So live with mom, dad, so, brothers, yeah, sisters? Yeah, mom, dad, three brothers, uh Two cousins, uh, Avery and Nikki, who are pretty much siblings. I don't know why my voice is so low all of a sudden. Um, but <laughs> you've got new headphones. New on. headphones. Yeah, they. Um, <laughs> That's what we all hear every day. Oh, you're welcome. Um, yeah, very close. Very, very close brothers. We had a lot of fun. A lot of fun growing up. Did you spend your entire childhood down there in, in one space, one home? Yeah, uh, not one home. So we grew. I grew up in a. Um, Coal camp. I'm trying to think of an easier way to explain that. So my papa. It's like uh, a company town. Yeah, all the houses look the same. It was a coal camp. Uh, so the one I grew up didn't. My papa built three homes beside of his brick house. Maybe just the two. There was a brown house and a white house. They were definitely coal houses. Um, and he had a nicer brick house beside. So I grew up across from my grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles so you guys were all just clumped together in one spot yeah you had to because we we it was not a very well-off location we were not well off at all so you kind of had to live close just to make it work so talk to us about that you grew up with a lot of extended family hanging out next door you're right next to papa and mama mama papa mama yeah. papa mama um, is this mama that we heard about earlier no so my grand my mama's are complete opposites they're polar momo blankenship's the pro wrestling fan who she's the one that coined bull butter bull butter bull she butter. she was very feisty opinionated and her opinion was right and yours wasn't and she was strong and my grandma my mama brickles who's on my mom's side was the quietest sweetest lady you would ever meet in your life so at least we now understand where your opinionated nature comes from so, but that wasn't until the world got a hold of me. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, here we go. I can, if I'm going to resort to something, I'll, I'll, I'll be like my mom. So childhood, good, bad, and different. Um, I loved it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, it's probably, it shaped me to who I am. And it's not that, oh, if I had to do over, I'd do, I'd take it. Um, I was really close to my brothers and we did. It was outside all day long, and we had the mountains. We lived right beside a river. The river is probably my favorite. Um, we had diving boards. We made a zip line that went 
from one side to the other. We had uh, two rope swings. And I'm not here for one year, the water company came in, State Road came in and was taking out all the old concrete culverts. And uh, they put the aluminum stuff in and they rolled us down um, four of the concrete culverts. So we took, uh, we all got together. Bob, who is like a grandpa to me, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about him, but he helped us dig out the riverbed and we anchored these concrete tubes practically into the river and cut down four trees, made four posts, and then put two flat platforms up so we could have jumping stations. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. You, um, that's a beauty of like small oh, town awesome. West Virginia, man. Like the state road coming in helping. Hey, there's some kids over here jumping in the water. Let's go, let's hook them up. We, for three summers straight, went up river because uh, Bob liked to fish and he wanted to get out in that part of the river. So we would just stack these huge rocks and just make piles so you could walk out from pile to pile so you don't have to get wet and all day long. That's awesome. It was awesome. I mean, we were poor as dirt, but you found a way to to have some fun. So grew up with a million family members, everybody all next door to each other, obviously integrated in a small community, and then you found your way to Fairmont, West Virginia, right? Yeah. So talk to me about that. How'd you end up coming this way, and what'd you do when you So this is my cheesy story that I I share all the time. I... I had no intentions of moving out. Like I said, um, when you're in that tight knit of a location and family, it's it's easy to get stuck. And everybody was either a coal miner or, I mean, there was some new stuff up and coming, but the internet hadn't hit yet. So you're kind of stuck doing what generational families do. And, uh, I think it was the 11th grade. I was listening to dark side of the moon and there was a lyric on there that said, all you touch, all you see is all your life will ever be. And it clicked with me that if I don't do something different, then I'm going to be a coal miner and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just, I wanted to do something different and I didn't want to stay in the town I grew up in anymore because we're some of the younger side of the family and as close as their family was, my family started dying and everybody we were losing everybody and people got older and they moved away and you know life changes so change with it roll with the punches sweet so (laughs) i rambled so i uh i moved away so there was a guy that came in i forget his name but he was a college recruiter for in fairmont at a computer school and i had like i said i had no intentions of doing that and then all of a sudden i'm like Yep, yeah, I'm going to that school in that town. I had no idea where it was. So I went home, told mom what was going on, and I was gone. I think I graduated, I was 17, graduated in May, and by the end of June, I was up here. So little baby Josh Blankenship leaving the town of Man, West Virginia, coming up to the city of Fairmont. That's a huge <laughs> Busting yeah, right outside the metropolis. windows. I'll never forget at the MVB Bank over here, I walked up to it. And they were giving us a little tour before we moved up. And I got vertigo looking up at how tall the building was. I don't think it's five stories. and it, But it, it was overwhelming. I'm like, holy cow, I am in it now. So while I was being facetious there, the reality is, oh, is yeah. this was a big transition for you. Huge. Yeah. To have Walmart right down the road, restaurants, yeah. stoplights, that type so, of thing. Yeah, my closest, I don't think we had a Walmart in my area until I was junior, late junior high, early high school. And uh, it was 35, 40 minutes away. 
So what was the transition to civilization like for you then? I don't know. I felt <laughs> I was never intimidated by it. I was always kind of excited about look at all these things and what all these people are doing and life's happening. Like figure your part out. I loved it. I liked I like people. I like even in high school I was I probably was closer to the teachers than the kids because they I don't know teachers are interesting adults are interesting and if they get a story you find out about it. So I I do have a little bit of a question for you. Oh, here we go. With uh, <laughs> your your reaction to Fairmont. I know you've been to Pittsburgh and other major cities. So what was the first thing you thought when you went into Pittsburgh? Oh, I hate the traffic, the tunnel's stupid, the people were rude. Well, I mean when you when you saw like the 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 buildings cuz the they're a bit taller than the five-story building we have here in Fairmont. Um, that one, I, for whatever reason, I was more here. Yeah, yeah, I was already kind of used to it. Okay, um, and I've I've driven through Charleston, just never really tr- remember being super close to some of the stuff. But uh, I was so frustrated with how you get into Pittsburgh that I could yeah, care less about looking into gotta, anything. You got to say though, coming through that tunnel is the worst. I just think no. that's the coolest thing in the world. You ask me, and I, that's my answer. Yeah. It's okay. the worst. Okay, Josh is wrong on this one. It's now, the greatest transition get from in, rural to city. Once you get yeah, in, it's, it's like bam, Pittsburgh. A city. It is interesting. Yeah, I don't like the Steelers. I, I don't like so city wise. Pittsburgh's probably my least favorite because all of their sports teams I root against passionately. Okay, okay so what was the first major city you went to after Fairmont? Cincinnati. Okay, so what was your thoughts when you went or to Or Philadelphia. I could do Philly. Philly so, was yeah. So so what were your thoughts when you when you drove into Philly? Similar, just because the roads were narrow and so I was working in a for a Comcast doing I was a trainer. Yeah. And I went up there to the internet was becoming popular, so we went up there so I could train to come back and bring it back to our people. And we went in, we were supposed to rent our a people. car and the car turned into this dually dodge that was massive oh you're driving goodness. that through philly and i'm driving that through philly and the truck is rider than the roads yeah and i took a not knowing where i'm going and gps wasn't what it was when it's map quest and you still had to write down or print off where you were going <laughs> yeah. and i go through downtown philly somehow take a wrong road and i'm at this barber shop to when i park the friendliest guys came out but they're like hey you need to leave now because when other people see you here, you're you guys are in trouble. And I went, okay, but how do I? They're like, nope. All you need to do is get back in your truck, turn around, and go. They're like trying to help me out, and I'm like, I right, got you. I picked up the warning, and you're like, but Philly like, was interesting. I drove my suburban through Philly, and I was claustrophobic with that. I, I can only imagine in a dually. Oh yeah, so we were on Liberty. Is it Liberty Avenue? Yeah. That we were trying to get to, and I'm like, this is. So I've the been in worst. the Comcast building there. Yeah, and I think it's it nice. was, I was on like the seventy fifth floor or something like that, and it was just insanely beautiful when you look out the window. Yeah, over the city. Oh, it's so, gorgeous. Yeah. One of my favorite jobs too, training and getting to see all these. So every six to eight weeks, people would come in, and it's a new batch of people, and you get to present the information, and you get to kind of help them in their new career, and it's telling your story. So you get used to telling your story, and you get to perfect it. Not that you're faking it, but you know what I mean. You get the cadence down and all that. But then you get to hear about the other people. And 25 people in a class, that's 25 new stories that you get to hear about. You get to know about people. And they, people are awesome, man. Great segue, man. So you moved to the big city in Fairmont. What'd you end up doing? Permanently, uh, sales. I think I've always 
well, I'm look, thinking back for some of the jobs, and even those, what I was hired to do, I ended up leaving that and being in that sales side of it. So you're a salesman then? Yeah. Sales is something. It's fun. You enjoy it? I enjoy the challenge of it because every 30 days it starts over. Why? You you have a goal, and you have to meet a quota, and then when the month's up, your quota's up, and you start over at zero. So it's like, okay, how do I get back to where I was? And yeah. So do you like what you do? Yeah. 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 I'm. I. Sales is interesting. It's more of you're the middleman. You need somebody to take a product, and you need to give them as much honest information about it as you can, and bridge that gap so that you they have access to it, and you're the door. Like you're the middleman that gets it to them. Gotcha. That's cool, man. And all the personalities, like. Retail, I look back and it, like, if you're not careful, retail will change you as a person. Yes, it will. Working with the public constantly and having to, you know this, in in what you're doing, the, the public's interesting and they have an opinion on everything and none of the opinions are the same. And you have to find a way to be relatable and build trust in 30 seconds. And, and you can attest to this. Pre-COVID, out of 10 people, you might have had two or three pains. Post-COVID, now you have one or two nice people, and the other people are pains. Yeah. Um, it's like people got, I don't know if they got entitled or they just got sick of life. I feel like I deal with way more tougher people to deal with than I ever had post-COVID. I think that's true, but I would the people that stick out to most to me that you can think back at some of the crazy stories in um, customer service, retail, call center settings, whatever. Pre-COVID, the anger was more intense. There was just less angry people, if that makes sense. But those those when stories you had the crazy one. It was full. Blown. Oh, it was full blown. Yeah, entitled people. That that one always got me. So. I got a very strong set of values and standards of how we treat people growing up in a small town. Um, and I, I, I don't think I'm a confrontational person, but I, <laughs> I, I don't. I like to laugh and make jokes. I wish we could do instant replay. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think I'm a confrontational person. I don't. That's not my intent. My intent is to be like, how can we, how can we have a conversation and make a joke or, or have some fun and. I like to fire people out. I, I think Motivate. you're really good at cutting through the nonsense <laughs> to get to the heart of the matter. Uh, yeah, you kind of have to be. And maybe that's sales that's putting, coming that's into putting it. putting it politely. It, it is, <laughs> but it it gets the it gets an effect. So, are you married? I'm married. Two wonderful kids. Wonderful bride. Um, she's very blessed to have me. Um, <laughs> she's my best friend. Um, never. I got to the point where I never thought I was going to be the guy that had kids and got married and settled down i was i think it's 29 when when you were I, 29 when you got married yeah and um maybe 28 married gabe 29 and 30 and um as soon as i met her i'm like okay this will be the, if i get married this will be the one oh yeah look at that and you guys have been married how long now uh going on 11 years 11 years two kids all that stuff two wonderful kids Good for you, man. That sounds really nice. It's fun. Yeah. So you're doing sales. Mm-hmm. You're married with kids. Yep. What's life like in general, man? Um, 
happy. Like, uh, not at, I mean, at home, it's, we, we have a routine. We do it. We like it. Uh, go to work, go home. I don't, it's not like some people call that boring, but I like, I like hanging out so with my family. What's your happiest time then? Ever? Yeah. What's, what's a memory I mean, that you have where you're like, man, this was, this was good. So I was yeah. thinking about that the other day. It's like of all the memories that I, that grew up in, man, and the not that my dad wasn't around he just worked a lot and i remember the first time so i told you about bob and how he helped us do the river stuff and pretty much taught us with another man or gentleman lt he taught us how to hunt fish and kind of be boys bob and lt yep and so lt that's funny so his name is just l period t period my dad's name no no relation whatsoever is lc l period c period and it stands for nothing it's just two letters Isn't that crazy <laughs> makes no sense um so i remember this family from ohio came in and they stayed in the summers across the dirt road and this kid was over there with his bb gun we're behind my aunt's house and um there was a girl that lived across the main road and me being me i'm like oh you like this girl and just like giving him just kind of picking on him a little bit and everybody's laughing and he's laughing and then the girl shows up and the joke starts again and he shoots me in the leg with the bb gun and um <laughs> that doesn't feel i good. remember going home and i try to hide it because i'm like yeah i'm gonna get in trouble for getting shot right this will be my fault and i wrapped some toilet paper on my leg but the toilet paper was sticking out of the bottom of my shoe so we, we disperse, and I go up to Bob's house, and he go, he saw what I was hiding because it was starting to hurt. And he goes, what happened? What's that under your leg? And I said, nothing, but there was blood on it. And he looked at my leg, and he goes, what happened? So I told him what happened. He goes, put your shoes back on. And he, he stood up for me. He took me, marched me around his house, went to the neighbor's house, confronted her, and told her pretty much, we don't do that here, and if he can't behave, you don't need to be here. And he wouldn't let me stand behind him. I was right beside of him, and he let her know that this kid's important to me. And that the first time that happens and a, and a man's man stands up, yeah, that means something. And that was inspiring me to, to want to do the same for others one day. Man, that's pretty awesome. He was awesome. Uh, that's, that's a pretty foundational moment, man. That's pretty cool. How yeah. old were you then? 11. Wow. 12. Yeah. It's a good age war too. Yeah, so, and especially since, so I didn't. I thought I might get into this. wasn't sure. When I was six or seven, I was taken advantage of by an older family member, and I was asked questions about it. And I, I remember not being honest because you don't want people to know, right? There's a there's there's a weird shame with the victim in that, and ever since so six or seven ever since then it was like there's always this what's my worth and when he stood up for me and showed me that there was worth just because you are who you are and who God created you to be and we stand up for that it was like okay yeah I can get over anything I can this is gonna be easy you stand up for what's right and keep moving and then life kind of works itself out after that so talk to me about your faith so I grew up in a religious home, not a spiritual home. So my mom used to sing in a gospel band. She even went down to uh, the Gaithers Church in Tennessee and sang with the Gaithers on stage. I've never heard her sing. 
Um, I was always told by everybody, oh, man, your mom and her, she was in a trio with two other guys, and it was, she had, they have, she had an amazing voice. They were so anointed when they sang, and then she ended up falling away from the church. My dad was a preacher. He fell away. But that was all one of before I was really remember. I knew about God. I didn't know of God. And if it wasn't for some very strong spiritual women praying for us and my brothers, um, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd have faith just because they, they kind of kept us in tune with always inviting us to church, taking us to church in most cases. And, um, they taught me Jesus through their actions. They taught me what it meant to be about God through how they treated other people. One of my favorite stories that I, so I got saved when I was 15, went to a revival at my church I grew up in as a kid, as a little kid. And um, my Aunt Sue had a daughter who was killed by a drunk driver when she was 12. And I never, her, her name was Carolyn, apparently she, I never met her. She was the sweetest kid, everybody talked about it and how she always talked about Jesus to other people. And one day I had the courage to ask her what, would you do if you ever met the man that that killed her? And she said, I'd pray for him because he has a soul. And that hit me so hard. Because no matter what we go through, every human out there is a child of God. And they need grace and they need forgiveness, but they need a relationship with Jesus. No matter how they've hurt me, we pray for people. Amen. And that's that's the goal. It's like if I can do something for Jesus... Why don't I? For everything he did for me, he was willing to die for me. He was willing to leave eternity for me. I need to be willing to do whatever he wants me to do. So that's your testimony, huh? Yeah. It's you you don't have to be um dictated by your circumstances. Your the end of your story doesn't have to be dictated by the beginning. You can rewrite it at any point. Excuse me, but you need to rewrite it through his grace and his will and his blessing. So what would you say is your testimony? Overcoming. Um, so I mentioned growing up poor. Um, it's weird saying it because you don't realize kids are resilient. We're all like kids. Kids get through things. And I remember there were so there were four of us. Dad for for a while was the only one that worked. And we would have to share bath water. Like when the oldest kid would take a bath, he got the hottest water and you could run a little bit of hot water into it. And then the middle or the second would take a bath. And then me and my baby brother always shared water. And I look back at that and always tell that story. And it's like, man, we were really poor. Even as teenagers. I think up until the seventh grade was when I could on my own. Wow. We did get to a point. I was talking to my brother about this. We started making a little bit more money, so you didn't have to let all the water out. Like, you could keep some of the water and then just run more hot water on top of it. But yeah. I'm trying to imagine, did your parents micromanage that? Because I, I can't imagine letting my kids... Well, this, the, the houses were small. I mean, you could hear the water running. Oh. Right. So you got somebody hollering in the other room. Yeah, turn the water off. Yeah. Um, but they did the best they could, and I don't fault them for any of their circumstances. It, But... That I never focused on that side of it. I would always focus on what are me and my brothers going to go do today? What are, what can we get into outside of the circumstances? Um, I mean, I remember in seventh grade, I had a my first crush. This 
gorgeous girl was sitting behind me in class and was kind of interested, but I was so so embarrassed about her calling the house. I'm like, yeah, I don't have a phone. You can't call. Oh, wow. Like, it, it, I had no self-esteem. That's crazy. I would not and, believe that. Until I go outside. <laughs> but then I learned, because even when I, the thing that happened to me as a kid when I was, it's a weird word to say, molested, whatever, um, it never really hit me unless I pondered on it. Because that was, that was, every time I would, it's like, you know what, let's just talk to Jesus. Let's go read. Let's go study. Let's go do something else. It's like I could always, God was able to help me get through that by focusing on him. So I don't have a lot of the negative stuff to worry about because I'm worried about where Jesus wants me to go next. So first off, I appreciate your vulnerability with that, man. That's a. Well, you have to. He, if he gets you through it, that's your testimony. That's something you share with other people to help them get through it. So. For anybody listening to this that may have faced something like that, because, shoot, I, I feel like there are people out there that have faced that and never have come to terms with it necessarily. Yeah. What what recommendation would you give to an adult or somebody that's faced that type Forgive of thing? that person immediately. Here's why I say that. Because me giving the forgiveness gives it to God to handle with that person because I'm not holding on to the bitterness. One, why, why would I let something that is evil that somebody's done to me affect me when I had, I was I did nothing wrong to deserve that. I have no fault. So let's give it to God so he can go deal with that person the way he needs to deal with it. And I need to move on. And what's that do for you, man? When, when you were able to forgive, what did that do for you in the long run or even in the near term? Um, you let go of a distraction so you can focus on the future like you don't have to lay in the dirt and then it's there is a release there's such a burden and you can feel it being lifted that it's like one the person has a soul too what was that person's background and upbringing obviously something's not right in their head right there there's some corruption that's going on and i mean there's truly evil people in the world i'm not saying there's not but it's i can't focus on the negatives of that life's still going on and if i'm held up thinking and remembering and and i don't know the word harvesting this hate i don't have any room for love and there's no time for that life keeps moving and if you don't if you get stuck in bitterness and unforgiveness you don't grow and you're going to lose a lot of your life for it that's just people deal with it the way they deal with it it's all personal and i'm not saying you have to deal with it that way that's just how i've dealt with things it's good stuff man so you get one do-over. Um, so when I moved up here, I fell away. I, I stopped being being in a, a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. I found the world and sin was a lot of fun. And so you had access to it for the first time. Too. Oh, for the first time, and I jumped head in, loved every minute of it it was so much fun i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it was good for me but sin is fun for a season and before you know it you you're changing and you can it can harden your heart really quickly and coming from a place of of where people loved you um that you stopped caring if people love you, you stop caring if you love people. You just want to go do whatever makes you feel good. 
So what brought you back? What brought me back was meeting Haley. Um, she grew up in the in, the, in church. Uh, her grand her grandma is an amazing woman. She was ninety four ninety five when she passed away, and there were five generations still alive under her. Um, and she grew up with less than I did. I mean, she was Great Depression time, and so she knew God. Granny prayed for every one of her babies, everyone, and through that woman's prayers, God was instilled in her family, and I met Haley, and I'm like, yeah, I remember. I remember God. He remembers me, and um, meeting her, and then we didn't go to church right away, um, and then you have kids, and you're like, oh, there is more to life than just me. Because <coughs> sin and being single is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. You're your only concern. But meeting her definitely started that conversation again. So last question. What's the legacy you want to leave? One of integrity and one of reflecting Jesus. I remember hearing a sermon when I was a kid um, or a teenager that it takes one flame to hold back the darkness. Darkness is oppressive and it, and it, it kills. But it takes one flame to reflect it back. One little, and it may flicker, right? It may move in the in with the wind, but it stays lit through the Holy Spirit. And you want to be the flame to the world because there's every one of us is a child of God, and He has a purpose for us. But He wants us to be with Him, and it's shining and reflecting the image of Jesus to others, letting them know I don't care how bad your circumstances are, what's been done to you, what you've done. I've done some pretty bad stuff. I look. I've Go through the Ten Commandments, and even if you haven't done it with your heart, or you're physically you've done it with your heart, then you've broken a commandment, right? Um, I've I've trying to think of one. I'm sure there's a few I haven't broken, but I've broken about all of them. And you can still he can still bring you back from that. That's a good way to end it, man. That's, that's interesting. Hey, <laughs> Josh, thanks so much for your vulnerability here, man, and and opening up. It's you know, you'd say it all the time. It's just awesome getting to know each other. We we always learn something through these things, and every one of these, I feel like I've learned something more about you guys. Um, so with that, man, Nick, take us home. Yeah, make sure you go to our website, mkdotalk.com. This is our very last one of these Spotlight series. Um, so if you've missed any of them, you can go to the About section on our website, and they're towards the bottom. As long as this one gets more views than all the other ones, I don't care. <laughs> There's that humility coming out. Yeah, right there it is, yeah. But it's at the bottom of that. Uh, we have them in order of how we did them. Uh, a couple of them were still in the old studio, and a couple of the other ones are right here in our brand-new studios here in downtown Fairmont. So uh, make sure you visit our website. You can see all of our other podcasts, our guest series, all of our shorts. There, There's some good stuff in there to make sure that you go back. Make sure you like and subscribe so you're always getting our new stuff as it comes out. There's good little tidbits in there the shorts are great little wisdom things that you can share uh some of them are funny some of them are definitely getting some hits out there we were talking this morning there's a lot of silly people out there in the world that's viewing our stuff um so lilith people uh, lilith is the first woman grow up and i say that to say this uh, and we were talking about this this morning uh we we need our 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 good hardened men out there are yes our followers we, we've had some wackos on on the 
some of our shorts saying some silly stuff. Go check out the one on evolution. Yeah, you get a lot of. We need some biblical men to combat. To stand up, you got a lot of the enemy that's brave. Where's the brave Christian men and women out there fighting for Jesus? So that's that's I say that to say that. Yeah. So go out there, and we're not saying to combat them, but just throw out the word of God. Um, Combat evil with the truth. Punch him right in the face. I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's that, a, that's a joke. That's, that sounds like something. <laughs> I'm not hostile. It's a joke. That sounds like something Nick would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you'd like to get a hold of us directly, you can uh, <laughs> see. I can segue right into it. Right into it. Uh, our email at mkdotalk at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, again, please visit our website. That was our very last Spotlight series. We're wrapping that series up now. Yeah. So each one of those is a great way to delve more into each of our team here, uh, and that is mkdotalk.com. Uh, make sure to hit all of our social media platforms where you can visit and catch up on all of our previous podcasts and all those things. So for the Yes Man, Jared, for MK, actually here, Andy, today. <laughs> A aha. Ha, MK, ha. The Coach Ryan, who actually is working today. So we can't say that he's absent. He's working today. And our Spotlight Series, the very last one. We, we bow to you, sir. Yeah. The, the host, Josh. And, of course, I am O2D2 Nick for Mountaineer Kingdom Do Talk. Real men, manly talk. Talk. Not with an S, Andy. Talks. <laughs> Can you be way more extreme? Get, get up and flip the table. <laughs> no, please don't flip the table.